Welcome to a podcast from Hope Church Glasgow. For more about us, check out hopechurchglasgow.org. Before uh, COVID-19 hit, I don't think, uh, I didn't think online church was church. Uh, I knew online existed, I was part of Facebook, but I didn't think it was that vital and I didn't think it was a valid expression of church. And then then COVID-19, then lockdown, and, and really for a lot of us, and us and me included, online has been all that we've had in terms of church life. And uh, with the exception of a few short forays into limited in-person gatherings, certainly here in Scotland, I think the most we managed in a room was about 20 people socially distanced with a face mask. You know the story, you can't sing. Um, so yeah 80 90 percent of what we've done for best part of a year now has been completely reliant on the digital world on social media on stream services so it makes me think maybe makes us think was this just a blip and digital church is really just unreal um and we just go back to the old normal as soon as possible you know was i right in my (laughs) uninformed assumptions from a year and a half ago uh or is this something this has changed everything and we just ditched the old um i'm not sure having been through all this and thought about it i think both are probably uh, extremes and a bit too simplistic in my view Uh, and what i want to do today is just dig into some scriptures to gain some post-pandemic church thoughts really um because to understand whether this has done us good or ill, to see what Jesus may or may not have been doing, we really need to, to refresh and renew our understanding of, of church. So uh, it'd be good for us to understand, has this been just a time of loss, time of disruption, or, or actually is this a time in which as difficult it's been, we've actually gained something. And I think to do this, we really need a scriptural perspective, a biblical perspective. I'm going to offer mine right here so i've got a couple of scriptures that uh, i, I want to use and I refer to as a basis for this i'll refer to a lot of others but i'm going to read these two because uh, uh, you know you could be consuming this just just anywhere and and it's great to be able to talk to you in your car or wherever you're you've got this in your ear so matthew 16 uh, be familiar to many of you uh, verse 13 and onwards says this when jesus came to the region of caesarea philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is they replied some say john the baptist others say elijah and still others jeremiah or one of the prophets but what about you he asked who do you say that i am simon peter answered you're the messiah the son of the living god jesus replied blessed are you simon son of jonah For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. I I, I love these scriptures, just this idea that Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell or the gates of Hades, the government of of darkness will not overcome it and that he's given us keys of the kingdom. We can bind and we can loose. And then Ephesians 1, I'm just going to read you a couple of verses from there describing uh, 
Jesus, Ephesians 1, 22, and God placed all things under his feet. This isn't future, this is past, uh, after the resurrection. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, that's Jesus, to be head over everything for the church. I think it's really important, not just head over the church, but over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And I think there's a couple of things it's important to just conclude from these scriptures that one is regardless of the age, the season, the era that we are in and the circumstances that surround the church, Jesus is always building his church. And uh, and this is true. And a bit of church history helps. Actually, church history gives us a perspective because you can look back on the the experience of the historic church and i'm not going to dig into that right now but if you want to read into that there's some great great classic actually classic books that that are that are worth digging into to see how jesus has kept building his church through the ages through some incredible trials and turmoils through the last couple of thousand years i recommend to you the pilgrim church by a guy called edmund broadbent this is a broadbent Edmund Broadbent is a classic, um, published in the 1930s, but still worth a read. I'll, I'll just read you what, what it says. The Pilgrim Church, being some account of the continuance through succeeding centuries of churches, practicing the principles taught and exemplified in the New Testament. That's by Edmund Broadbent. A great, great book. Another one is a book called The Puritan Hope which was written by Ian Murray, again some years ago, a great book, a classic. Uh, and then uh, what I found really helpful was 2,000 Years of Charismatic Christianity by a guy called Hyatt. It was actually quite a scholarly work and not too not too heavy, you know, not too thick, if you wanted something to get into. And, and something particularly focused on the UK, on Britain, the more recent book by Diana Chapman called Britain's Spiritual inheritance fascinating fascinating read uh, and there's other stuff out there but you can see the benefit of hindsight if you like looking at history that jesus has been building his church so we can be confident because we see it there but even more confident because we read it right here in scripture that somehow in this difficult season he's building his church he's not stopped he's not paused He's not put his feet up. He's not stuck because uh, we can't do it the way we used to do it. Um, so I'd really encourage you, if you want to get encouragement, to look at that. The other thing we can see is um, from this truth is that he, Jesus, because he's the Lord of history, because he's the Lord of all things for the church, is going to be at work for the benefit of the church. Uh, in the season of difficulty and, and again church history can can show us some of that so our bounce off our, our, our solid biblical foundation is that jesus is always building his church and that he's head over all things for the church so he can he can take any of the the difficulties and the pressures and the, the onslaughts that come against the faith and turn them to advantage because he is ultimately the lord of all lords and he is his lordship is completely unchallenged and unchallengeable that he has no he has no competitors nobody else comes close just good to remember that um 
so to see but to see what he may be doing we need to think about church more like he thinks about church otherwise we might miss it if we have a too narrow view if we we just have a, a one word definition of what church is uh, we might miss it because actually church isn't a one word thing you know so many people church you say what's church I say family or relationship it's true but it, it's actually much bigger than that and you'd think as the church really does represent the lord on the earth it is his body which we'll talk about in a minute and god is infinite he is he is mighty he is holy he's wise he he is so multi-layered you would expect that the 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 thing that represents him that's connected to him on the earth would have a bit more breadth and depth to it more layers to it than just a single word definition and of course the Bible gives us that. It gives us, uh, I've actually got seven ways in which uh, the Bible, the New Testament describes the church. And I think it'll help us see, because I think the reality is he is doing something and he's doing something good, but we need to look through the right lens. We need the right lens perspective to see it. Um, and so I'd encourage you if, you, if you are asked, uh, you know, here you're thinking, I ask you, what is the church? And you have a one word answer. Keep your one word answer, but please add to it, broaden your perspective. So here we go. Here's, here's seven things from the New Testament and, and a little bit of colour as to what they mean. First thing is it, the church is referred to many times as the body of Christ. And not just conceptually or as an idea, but actually uh, joined. The, the joining of Jesus to his church and the union of him with us is is a profound but real mystery uh, i'll give you a scripture for all these i'll give you at least one scripture to look at later ephesians 4 11 to 12 so you get the idea that the church is the body of christ it's got individual members that are connected to one another each connection is vital each member brings a contribution the connections are of relationship and trust so nutrients can flow between different parts of the body and that there are special ministries, gifted people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers that, that pour equipping into this body so that through all this activity of, of relationship and flow together and ministry, the thing called the church, the body of Christ, grows into maturity until it reaches the full stature of the measure of Christ. So the, the idea is that this is a church not suddenly rescued in a depleted and weakened state but through proper function as the body of christ it starts to represent jesus fully in the earth that's number one the body of christ number two the idea of family or the household of faith 1 peter 2 17 so we get in this the idea of, of fathers and sons and daughters and mothers and youth and and there's quite a lot of reference to this sort of language in the New Testament. And of course, our Heavenly Father, you would expect what flows out of him to be family. He's He's the source of all families. Through him, every family on the earth derived its origin and derived its name. Um, so it's got a family feel rather than a, a military feel or a business feel to it. Number three. Uh, the church is the vehicle of the kingdom of heaven into the earth. So it's, uh, 
sounds a bit crude, but it's kind of heaven's delivery system, both individually but also corporately, importantly corporately. Heaven is to be manifest on earth. This is back to our Matthew 16 scripture, as well as Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Heaven is to be displayed on earth in such a way that the devil's government, such as it is, can't withstand it. Gates stand for government in, in, in biblical language. And so the gates of hell will not withstand the church being built by Jesus. That means that, that, that and he's given us this authority to bind and loose on earth. So, so it's, it's, it's the kingdom, the government, the rule of heaven is manifest on earth. The church is authorized to manifest it on earth. So hence we're taught to pray on earth as it is in heaven. And we are authorized as the church to bring heaven to earth, to bring the will of God his way on the earth. It, the church is a vehicle of the kingdom. We do this by binding and loosing. I mean, in our context, the sort of things we've done is by, by biblical declarations about our city and about our circumstances and about our finances and about and so on and so on. We're declaring the 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 the, the values of heaven over our city and over our circumstances. We spend time in twenty four seven prayer. Why? Because we feel we know we're authorized to bring change through prayer, through declaration. Um, it can also be applied in the way that we pray for the sick or cast out demons. All of that is an expression of heaven coming to earth. And the church is the vehicle for that, is the conduit um, for that expression. Number four, community. It's the community of the kingdom. I want to describe this slightly differently. So it, 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 we're, we're here to display heaven on earth. The, the, the values, the feel of it. So it's connected to the other point, but Matthew 5, 14 to 16, Philippians 2, 15, it's the idea that we're the light of the world. We're a city set on a hill. We're, we're a visible community displaying uh, the wisdom of God and the light of God. So the truth and the flavor and the taste of heaven on the earth. We're, we're, we're the community of heaven on the earth. Um, and, and actually, because we're the light of the world, the, le the level of light in the world is dependent on what's shining out of the church. And there isn't another lampstand. There are other uh, fake lights, if you like, things that would like to be light. But, but, but the measure of our success, if you like, of shining is, to, is by looking at how light or how dark the world appears to be. So very helpfully, Chris Vallon pointed this, points this out. This is not um, this is not the world getting darker as the church gets lighter. It, that's impossible because the church is the light of the world. If the church is getting lighter, then the world should be getting lighter. Uh, yeah, so that's number four. Number five is we are the bride of Christ. So Ephesians 5, 22 to 32 and Revelation 22, 17, which we'll come to in just a moment. But the idea of this bride in, in, in Ephesians is that we're constantly being prepared by Jesus. We're being washed, we're being fed, we're being nourished. That that, that we will, he, he actually says he's going to present us to himself uh, without blemish. He, he's bringing us to maturity and to, to that he can marry us 
uh, in the great marriage supper of the Lamb that you see at the end of Revelation. Uh, and and uh, uh, what this does for us, in, in fact, the verse I just said we looked at, look at very quickly is Revelation 22, 7. It says, it's the Spirit and the Bride say, come Lord Jesus. Now, what a lot of us have made the mistake of doing is look at world events as being the signposts and the trigger points and the key pointers to the return of Jesus. And and I've met and know and heard many uh, actually great teachers and theologians who've had the whole end time thing planned out. They've put it around their walls. They've got their schemes and their charts. And then after 5, 10, 20 years, ended up ripping the whole thing up. Uh, and those charts were all based around world events. What I would like to propose to you is because we are the bride of Christ, the trigger for his return, if you like, the signs that point more to his return, now remember nobody knows the day, are much more focused on the health and progress of the church than any particular set of world events. So the church is making herself ready. The church is completing her task. He is beautifying us and purifying us. And her task is to demonstrate the gospel or preach the gospel of the kingdom to all the ends of the earth, it says in Matthew 24, 14. And then the end will come. So so the, 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 the return of Jesus, uh, the second coming, another way of putting it, is much more about how the church is doing, where the church is at, and how she's doing with her mission, because we are the bride of Christ. And it, the, the end point, the great consummation of the ages, is a wedding where Jesus marries the church. Anyway, that's a preach for another day. Number six, the temple. We are described as the temple, the dwelling place of God on the earth, Ephesians 2, 21 to 22. So it's a, we are the place of manifest, tangible presence of the Lord. Now, Jesus said, where two or three gathered, there I, there I am. So it's true in twos and threes, but it's also true in the gathered church. You see the early church in temple courts and house to house. So small group, large group. And and, and, and you can see that in this scripture in Ephesians 2, is the idea of the whole thing, the whole body in, in, a, in a town or a city being built together to be a dwelling place of God by the Spirit. And, and the idea is that the glory of this temple of this house exceeds the glory of the of solomon's temple which was incredible the that temple was filled with the glory of the lord a cloud filled the temple they couldn't stand a minister yet this covenant that we're in is of a greater glory so we do experience this and we expect more of this more of the tangible presence in the gathered church that's because we're the temple um we're the current day temple and it's a temple not made with stones but made with humans that are built together and number seven uh, is that we are the which is connected to all these ideas but we're the missionary vehicle and the means of discipling people people groups and nations so matthew 28 19 and 20 go therefore and make disciples of all nations teaching them everything i've commanded you so we are, we are to go as church, not just as individuals, but the church to preach, to heal, to cast out demons, and ultimately to shape nations with all that he taught us, to, to be this incredible seed, to be this incredible light, to be this leaven that leavens the lump of the world with the wholesomeness of Jesus. This is the church. This is the church defined in the New Testament 
the missionary vehicle, the temple, dwelling place of God on the earth, the bride of Christ, the community of the kingdom, the vehicle of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth, the household of faith, his family, and the body of Christ. This is awesome. Church is awesome. And he is building it. And he's never stopped building it. And as defined here, these seven points, we're going to find that Jesus is always doing something to strengthen, build, uh, and equip the church in these different arenas. So let's try and apply that. How is he building his church in, in COVID season, in pandemic? And, 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 he's, and in what ways has the digital experience helped us? Has it helped in any of these arenas that we've just described biblically? Uh, well, here's my experience. And I think our experience as a community and also as I talk to other leaders across the UK, I'm getting the feeling that these would be common themes. Number one is that actually teaching and equipping works quite well online. You can do small discipleship groups you people you can do a whole teaching like this is and people can pick it up anytime they can focus in on it a little bit more um you so you can do podcasts you can do breakout rooms in in zoom and and having you've had or already had the content delivered and then you break out and you discuss it together and you think about it and you start to work it out and apply it and, and so the teaching equipping has not gone away and if anything it's been augmented people don't have to have to give up they don't have to, have to give up the travel time to get there and back they can just be straight in you know put the kids to bed and engage with the discipleship group uh number two which surprised me and surprised many of us is to a point anyway you can do some community and i'd really encourage you if you just happen to be on this listening to this and you've disengaged waiting for the real because it just all feels fake just hear this point many of us didn't think community would work but it's worked to a point we've got people who couldn't travel anyway because of health issues or other issues and they're regularly connecting to small groups through zoom uh, we've been surprised in in small group zooms how open people have been and eager to connect to share to pray for one another uh, to use obviously use the zoom but use the whatsapp groups and and it's not perfect it's not the whole whole story but it's something and it's been surprisingly good and we've also experienced an alpha that relationships with brand new people who are not christians have been built and they've been led to the lord all through zoom and and Teresa and i as we've uh, worked with with the amazing team to develop kingdom legacy which is cross-denominational leaders uh, fellowship that's promoting signs and wonders and the coming of the kingdom that actually it's amazing how people have plugged into that and the relationships with people some of whom we've never met have actually started to grow so it's it's not a non-relational thing it's it's definitely possible to do relationship to a point and many of us have been surprised by that uh, number three is that outreach is, is our church has been more fruitful in outreach in this season than uh, quite a few more recently we've connected as we just talked about alpha has been good and 
we've done prayer online we've, and through that we've seen people returning to faith we've seen incredible numbers of people healed and all sorts of exciting healing so our, our outreach has not stopped it doesn't have to stop with just this medium at our disposal and our reach rather than just our outreach our reach distance isn't an object you know it's as easy to talk to someone who's 200 miles away as next door um, and time is less of an object so you can consume you can consume and access content when it suits you so you start to reach more people and and so uh some of this has been in short bursts some of it is much longer and what happens is people start to get drawn in over time and we've ended up reaching out to people as far along as the us south africa and india uh also the faroe islands and all sorts of tuned into our stuff so that reach then our voice our message gets a wider exposure and, and, a, and a bigger a bigger audience and the other thing that's happened is there's been an op opportunity for increased creativity and contributions of a certain kind uh, but that's definitely increased through this digital means and and, and finally this is probably not directly because of the digital but more because of the pandemic is is it's encouraged the biblical one anothering because central pastoral care is not possible and this has helped dilute the unhealthy idea of an institutional church the church is a body that that cares for itself so it's been good for mission good for some relationships good for some follow-up good for teaching good for building things cross-denominationally what 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 is in in terms of our definitions of what church is what's it poor at well the the biggest loss really is the corporate experience is largely lost you know you can be watching a a stream service or engaging with some teaching but when you look around your room it's still just you watching a screen um the experience of the manifest presence of god in worship is is much i i don't enjoy it let's be honest it's just not the same it's weaker it's different it's not not there it's just just not the same and the sense of being part of a wider larger body is is very very diluted um the second thing the joy of personal contact is lost that that connecting to the whole person the presence of the person not just their head and shoulders image on a screen you, you you get the personal touch you get the body language you get affection um just that whole we're made we're people people we need to be around people and people have, have missed that at all sorts of levels not just church obviously number three um this whole thing has potentially weakened commitment because it's easy to dial in it's easy to download at your convenience you don't have to get up get out your pjs get the kids ready get them out the door get them in church and then oh this week i'm serving uh, you can just avoid all of that but that that's not, necess not necessarily helping your discipleship with jesus D discipleship has a cost to it uh, discipleship has a commitment to it and community has a commitment to it and, and i think the ease of access has been both an opportunity, so it's easier to connect to people and they've got an easy route in, but it's also potential uh, difficulty because we lose that. Uh, it's too easy just to sort of drop the commitment aspect of the Christian life, and that, that's not healthy for us, actually. 
We're called to lay down our lives for another. We're called to take up our cross. We're called, you know, we follow a saviour who died on a cross. I mean, it, it, this is a costly faith. Um, so, uh, and number four, uh, opportunities to serve are actually fewer. So the, the, there are new ones and different ones. And there's been, as I've said, more creativity. But if you're not very tech uh, savvy, then it can feel like there's not a lot of options. Uh, and uh, the, the, the in-person thing enables us to serve one in all sorts of ways, from from hospitality to greetings on the door and uh, caring for one another's children and so on and so forth. Uh, the other weakness is easier to fake it. Now, of course, you can fake it in person, but it's really, really easier to fake it uh, online. And, uh, you know, from everything from just putting your putting your shirt on but still in your PJs from the waist down to you know not being real about how you're doing or to be honest just not connecting at all and and that is a, a concern that it's just easy to opt out and disappear uh, where somehow in person it's it's somehow easier to spot it really is easier to spot those who are disconnecting and, and lastly a weakness is that we are because we're made for the full personal experience of people we find this whole Zoom thing's ultimately tiring, and you can see that in people's interaction dropping off on some of this, and it's not easy for whole families to connect to, and there's not a kids' work, kids' ministry you can put them in. So that's been really, really challenging, and it's a real challenge uh, for children who have perhaps been off school as well, and now all they've got is stuff on a screen to then say oh church is online and that's been really really difficult and a real loss and that affects the family feel of the whole as, as well as the spiritual health of our kids and that's a, a real weakness and a real concern so i'm just going to land this i'm going to conclude and and uh, we're done so i don't think it's a black and white thing i actually think there's been some really good things that have strengthened the church i think jesus has been powerfully at work to to build his church and it's really important that we look at what he is doing and not just dismiss the whole thing but also not just think oh way this is a whole new thing and and dismiss the strength of the in-person of the gathered church which are still there still utterly biblical so uh, thanks for tuning into this father god i pray that you'd increase all of our passion for church as the prospect of in-person gets closer, that you would rekindle our zeal for that and our desire to be together, serve one another, bless one another, see your kingdom come through us as well as to us and that we can enjoy your presence and take it to others and see this world changed as you've commissioned us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thanks so much for your company today and see you next time. Thank you for listening. Find us on Instagram, Facebook or search Hope Church Glasgow on your favourite podcast player.